Coming to you live from the Fanboy Planet comic shop in beautiful Santa Clara, California, it's the Fanboy Planet Podcast with your host, Derek McCaw. Thank you, and thank you for, again, that fake applause, Lon. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. With me is uh, my guest sound engineer this evening and my personal Ed McMahon, Lon Yes Lopez. Indeed. Pez McWeeperson himself. And as a special commentator, Rick Bretschneider's out on assignment this week in New York City. We'll be talking about that a little bit later. But we have a special guest tonight who only comes in when he has something to pimp of his own. Our very own happy headed gnome, Chris Garcia. <laughs> Hi, everybody. He is Good some happy headed gnome. I'm trying to create controversy. Oh, okay. <laughs> So. Well, yeah, no Travelocity has a big pull in the, uh, the family community. Absolutely. So, uh, but you were doing it first. Yeah. You're the master. Yeah, he is indeed. Mm-hmm. So we are here gathering uh, to speak about all kinds of things. We got some uh, odd comic book movie news this week, and we a movie we, about an odd comic. About an odd comic. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Well, almost on. You know, Adam Sandler had a new film open, but. Uh, no. Emo, oh, okay. Emo Phillips still not getting that film career he wants. But really, mm. what I'm talking about is that there was news in David Goyer. Uh, few, Goyer. The Goyer. A couple months ago, uh, upset fandom because uh, he announced that he had been kicked off the Flash project. Nice going. Sorry. Yeah, all right. I'm still new at this fan game. Oh, or this audio game. game. Okay. Uh, that uh, he had been kicked off the Flash project from Warner Brothers. And he announced or blogged this week that he has actually pitched a different project involving Green Arrow. Did they say why he was kicked off the Flash? Or uh, they were decided to go into a different direction. Oh. Uh, they felt that perhaps Sean Levy, uh, well, actually, that Liz literally who replaced him, isn't it? Sean oh, Levy okay. replaced him on the Flash. Uh, they thought that uh, that the depth of emotion and hilarious hijinks that he brought to movies like Cheaper by the Dozen uh, was more appropriate for the Flash than David S. Goyer. Well, do you think they're going to do like a real world Flash like they did on Smallville, or do you think they're going to go costume? I think they're going to go costume. They I th- better. I think when you go to when you go to the big screen now, people want the costume. Yeah. Spider Man proved that the costume was viable. Mm-hmm. I think the X Men they tried to work away from because it was the Matrix thing. They definitely modeled their X-Men after after the Matrix and tried to go re- more real world. But you accept that, look, Spider-Man's got to be wearing the Spider- right. Spider-Man suit. And the Flash is such an iconic suit that if you don't, you know, you don't the T-shirt says. I think that's one thing they realized, that when you... Uh, when you did the X-Men with real world, you didn't sell a lot of T-shirts. That's true. It was very like hard. Batman, you put the Batman symbol on a T-shirt. Yeah, and they realize that you, you lose out on a lot of ancillary products. So, uh, you know, I think that they will uh, they will go with that costume. But, ironic to say that we should be talking about whether you go with the costume or not, that David Goyer says he has successfully pitched to Warner Brothers a project called Super Max. Which is not about a guy named Max who has superpowers. And it sounds like a lame title, but explain it. But it is Super Maximum Security Prison. And it, the superhero being used would be Green Arrow. Green Arrow will be framed for a crime he did not commit and thrown into a maximum security also, prison for supervillains. Did you read the description on that? It says something like, they take off his costume and they shave his goatee. Did you read that? I oh. did. I and did. I was like, okay, now when you now, arrest as, people... As, as Chris Garcia would vouch, you don't shave a man's goatee. Well, it's when I did a nickel in a chino, I didn't have to shave. Exactly. So. Oh, wait. Sorry, I didn't. Wasn't it just you did a nickel in chinos pants? Just you were <laughs> sort of like there. It was during you your fashion a model days. You dropped nickel in your chinos. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. Huh? You sound so tough, and yet no. <laughs> that's a that's a tough thing. I'm gonna have to borrow that nickel and chino for all our fans out there. You can use that to look tough. Yeah, <laughs> or sound tough. Mm-hmm. But if you want to wear say that while wearing chinos, it does. It might counter. It, it kind of undercuts it. It kind of undercuts it. But the point is, yeah, they shave his goatee, and then B-list and C-list supervillains that. Uh, so essentially, we're getting a prison movie with a bunch of characters who are going to be out of costume. Essentially, you're giving us Van Damme's uh, what was that prison movie he did? Anybody? Uh, Hard Justice? No. Um, I think we could make up a title and people would uh, go for it. God, um, and it had a character named the Sandman as the bad guy. Oh God. Um, Walled in? No. Uh, oh no. God. No, that was Thoreau. Anyway, so I'm just saying you're, oh, you're going to give us. You're gonna give us a cheesy action movie in a prison that we've seen a but million times. But with superpowers. But with superpowers. Right, but are they gonna? I, have, I mean, because let's face it's it, it's gonna be like an episode of Mutant X, is what you're I know. When me. he says it's like B-list or C-list villains, I'm like, well, basically any of Green Arrow's rogues gallery, because who the heck knows who any of them are? Right. But Green Arrow is. I, I can totally understand why Warner Brothers leaped at this because they've been doing very well with Oliver Queen on Smallville this mm-hmm. year. I'm very excited but about that. But why not just do a Green Arrow movie with him in the costume? Because they think that Goyer knows what he's doing. Mm. But apparently not. Not they don't not think highly enough of him to give him the Flash. But <laughs> right. uh, and I gotta say, and 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 I'm sorry that I'm going to reveal this because I don't think it's been common knowledge. But David S. Goyer does have a written and directed film coming, a remake of. It's a European film. I don't know, Chris, you probably know better. This thing called The Invisible. I don't know what the original title was, but I believe it was a Danish film. Yeah, it was Danish. Okay, and uh, it's coming out at the end of the month, and I got a note from the publicity company that there would be no press screenings. And, yeah, well, you know exactly what that means. And I'm saying after... Well, you know why. why? Nobody knows where it is. It's invisible. Invisible. <laughs> Okay, why don't you adjust the sound levels? Okay. And, and so, but uh, we know what that means. And after seeing Blade Trinity, which is uh, universally acknowledged the worst of the Blade trilogy, uh, universally acknowledged. I think so. I think the the Krem Lords uh, actually ag- agreed to that. So the Krem Lords from the Krem Lord Galaxy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. You said you know it's a fig- it's a figure oh. of speech. I was just gonna say I hear a lot from the which Krem Lords. we would say well, you too. Oh Lord, <laughs> you frighten me. Ma. I'm sorry. Sometimes I've never been more frightened. Hey to all my Krem Lord peeps out there, what up? Ah, this one's for my homies. Trust They're me. hearing this in 3.4 million years. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's great. Exactly. I'm just keeping it real. Out there. <laughs> awesome. I suppose they can pick up on those. They those steal. Internets. They steal internet. The, yeah, the, it's all good. the Krem Lords are stealing from the internets. Mm-hmm. I'm just. Uh, this is just. That's just a. You know. But anyway, uh, that's back a shout out to your Republican buddies. To the Invisibles. Yes. I mean the, the Invisible. invisible. Right. Yeah, which I remember. If I'm, it's a movie that I think it was a, was sort of a Chris Nolan esque ripoff. Okay, I, I, I believe it's a ghost trying to solve his own murder. Yeah, I, and so he's trying to influence. Not only is so it kind of like Ghost, uh, sort of. Uh, <laughs> worse, actually, is that it's actually an episode of Torchwood, the Doctor Who spinoff that's oh only God, that's on right, the BBC. Yeah. There's, a, yeah, you've seen that. That mm-hmm. Eugene, somebody, I mean, isn't that what the pl- premise of Ghost is? A ghost tries to solve his, his own murder. murder and I guess save so. His girlfriend? Uh, I oh, is yeah. But Vincent Chiavelli's not in this one because he's now a ghost. He's now a ghost. Yes. yes. Maybe he's the ghost. Okay. Any, okay. Stop. You know, I don't know. The point no. is that it, it doesn't bode well for that. And Trinity doesn't bode well. And I and I just can't see is as, as tough. As badass as David Goyer is, 
He's really badass. And, uh, did he do a nickel and chino? He did. He's okay. heavily tattooed. He's okay. a biker guy. He's he's a little scary. Three teardrops filled in. Mm. Mm, I think so. I think so. Okay. Uh, on on his rear. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't know what that means, but now I know David Goyer is gunning he's for me. For <laughs> yeah. He's coming. Uh, and I really enjoyed his writing. You know, because I think I, I I do think as a writer he's interesting. As a director, I'm I'm just not all that excited. But I'm not really all that excited about Supermax. Other than well. Well, great. I wanted a Green Arrow movie. I'd love to see a Green Arrow movie. I thought you know that for years. I'll, I'll, let's, let's start the pool now, and let's see if it ever gets made. Yeah, it's early enough that you can say uh, almost anything can happen. Many things get announced. Yeah, look at Batman versus Superman. That never came out. You know what I mean? So or Batman versus Predator. I, I, well, uh, that was yeah, never uh, supposed to happen. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, but I mean, there is that movie that that, that short fan film, uh, right, Dead right. End. Yeah. With aliens and predator and cripes. Oh, I gave away the twist at the end. I think that. Right I think now, I'm. I don't want to download that on downloadable. Movie. On comics2film.com. Right. Shout out to my homie Rob Worley. All right. Who's doing quite well with uh, comic works, graphic novels? Uh, Who's that are the stuff. shill now, Derek? I'm not. Who's sh- the but shill? But am I shilling now? for myself? No, That's I'm true. shilling for my friends. That's the difference between us, I think. Yes. Yeah, so we, we've come hair. to agree that Supermax sucks. So no. don't make it. They were supposed to make a Green Arrow or Green Lantern movie with Jack Black. So. And that may have been, you know, you know they, they mean, floated the idea. So all the fans out online out there, send your hate mail to DC Comics. No, don't, because oh. it has nothing to do with DC. That's the thing. Send him to David Goyer's. Uh, now, bar. we didn't meet that guy, but when we were at WonderCon, the guy whose job it is is to sort of be like the Avi Arad uh, oh God. Uh, for DC, and he's not, because he's not Avi Arad. That was the mistake, because Avi Arad was a top-down decision. This guy at DC is supposed to be, he's is supposed to be, you know, I can't remember what his name is. Doggone it. I have his, the note somewhere. Probably in this notebook. Get back to you. But he's supposed to intercede with Warner Brothers and to pitch certain concepts and to to be that. But he just really has not achieved that profile that that Avi had. And I think these things like like Supermax is like well, some guy executive at at Warner Brothers. I mean, it's a perfect pitch. You go. So it is about a superhero, but we take the costume off, we shave the goatee, and you know you can do it cheaply. And you know I, I can totally see why people why an executive would sit back and go, great. Yeah, I just got uh, two words for him about uh, prison action movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A little Stallone movie called Locked Up or no Lockdown. Lockdown. Yeah. That worked. Lockdown. That was it. I, I have visions of the uh, of the worst scenes in Face Off. I actually have this guy's name, by the way. He is Gregory Novak because I'm using the same notebook today that I used at WonderCon. So Gregory Novak is the guy who's supposed to be interceding and pushing Gregor's. for DC. And I wish him all the luck in the world because at least out of him, I think we got a good. Uh, Batman Begins probably predated him, but I, I have hope. Maybe the Metal Men thing is his. I don't know. Yeah. But we do have, spe- as, as we talk about Goyer, the biker, we do have... Is he really a biker? Yeah, he's uh, really a biker. I thought he was normal. All right, go ahead. Well, bikers, bikers can be normal. normal people. Dude, I anyway. don't want to get killed. It's all right. I did a nickel in Chino. <laughs> he's hard. I need a nickel in Levi's. That's going to go on our T-shirts. <laughs> Fanboy Planet. We did a nickel in Chino. Chino. <laughs> It was a buffalo head nickel. <laughs> anyway, uh, but this week, waiting until there was lots of success and it passed away, Gary Friedrich, is that a name to conjure magic with? Oh, my God. <laughs> I just thought of it. 
Now, okay. uh, Gary Friedrich, uh, what I, my point is a kind of obscure creator from the early from the uh, Bronze Age, I guess you'd say, of Marvel, the '70s, early '70s. I believe he had a magazine of his own, or. A, or an independent, say, underground comic called Star Reach, I think. I think uh, it was Star Reach Around. I think was what it was. No. <laughs> oh, and that was with the Adventures of the Teabagger. Yes. And uh, that oh, <laughs> that's just for Rick Breschneider, who's now listening to this, going, "Guys, you need me. I'm coming <laughs> back. I, I swear, I'm coming back." Uh, <laughs> Why do we always work blue when I'm here? <laughs> I don't know. But Gary Friedrich. Oh, I always work blue. Gary Friedrich uh, claimed this week in a lawsuit against Marvel Comics that he created. Ghost Rider a full three years before it was actually published by Marvel and it was a character he created, I think it said in 1968. Well, who's credited as Ghost Rider's creator before or as is? I don't think anyone ever is. Oh. And we could pick up a, an issue of... Hey, Al, could you find us a copy of Ghost... Facilities Manager Al Deal is going to look for a copy of Ghost Rider on the stands and see if there's okay. a creator listed. No, don't go through the back issues. That's Nova. Then you found The Shadow. Um, and you're making a lot of 70s noise. comics. Oh, yeah. oh. oh. No. hey, goes right. Goes right under one us at the very beginning. At uh, ten dollars, let's see. Uh, Ghost Rider. This is a trail of tears. Finish when all the Ghost Riders were taken off the reservations. Uh, this is actually the Civil War. Uh, Civil um. War set. Uh, there is no one listed here. I will now open up the first issue of Ghost Rider, which is not his first appearance because he first appeared in Marvel Spotlight. But. Uh, yeah, because all those heroes are all about the spotlight. This is the advantage of, of podcasting from an actual comic book shop, because you can do crap like this and go, ooh, we just find the back issue. Oh my god, you just tore Ghost Rider 1! Okay, Gary Friedrich is the writer, but Tom Sutton as the artist, so Gary Friedrich would be officially, clearly the writer, but this was during Marvel's work for hire period. Mm. And this is sort of the argument that goes back with uh, Joe Simon. Uh, so what you're saying is back then, he was taking what they're given because he's working for a living? Sort of. Okay. Yes, that's, uh, I'd say that's a fair... Thank you, Huey. Oh, okay. Um, baby Huey. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, that's Adam, not me. Hey. Okay. Oh, he's gone. We can okay. say that. All right. He doesn't listen to this. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so Gary Friedrich sued and claimed that uh, that Marvel, and I think like some weird thing because we don't get a chance to look at the actual suit, but in this paper something like there are 25 egregious acts of of licensing that are incorrect and shouldn't have been done. Uh, and I think I say he waited for the movie to be open and to have uh, been officially deemed a hit two months ago. To file or the maybe suit that's is how long maybe it takes. Take so long to go through. I mean, these these lawsuits always usually come through a couple months after, and you go, "What?" Sure, but, but the thing is, you know, but you know, slow. for a movie that was delayed three times, Gary Friedrich, if he had his finger on the pulse of the entertainment, he should have known well over a year ago that they were going to make a Ghost Rider yeah, movie. Yeah, but look at Marv Wolfman, you know, suing you know Blade after you know months after it came out. So. I think right. It's just a kind of you know waiting to see if it's successful. And Marv did win that. So. Did you say Wolfman? Wolfman? Wolfman. No, but you, we're not going to go with that. Okay. Wolfman. Okay. Arr! Okay. It's not Wolfman Jack. It's Wolfman Jack, baby. Because it's, it's He's not, ashamed it's, of being Jewish. That's why I changed it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's a nickname. That's why. Gosh. Anyway. anyway, so you file losses. It'll be interesting to see again because, yeah, Marv Wolfman. Wolfman. Damn it. Now I don't know. I always said Wolfman. I know, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, he did win on Blade. He got some. He got credit on Blade and does get a cut Didn't from that. Didn't like Stan Lee, Stan Lee sue a couple times Marvel for? Uh, yes, yes, he character did. Character stuff. So I mean, it's just there's precedent for this. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. 
and uh, Friedman will get some Friedrich. Cash. Gary Friedrich, Friedrich has not done anything in the industry for at least a decade, as far he as probably didn't have a pension. So there. Oh, definitely not. So it makes dude give the guy a little cash, let him retire peacefully. Of course, if this happens, you know what's going to happen. What's up, dude? A Ghost Rider two, and you're not going to be happy. No, no, no. But you know what? Ghost Rider two is happening regardless because I yeah. just read in the. By paper. the way, the DVD is coming out in early June. Well, so internationally, I, it's made over two hundred million dollars. So. For Marvel standards, big hit. It's got bikes and fire. Yeah. They love that in Italy. Well, that translates internationally, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. yeah it does. It huge does. Huge in Myanmar. What? It's huge in Myanmar. Burning off the scale. Myanmar? Myanmar. Myanmar? Yeah. Wolfman. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Hopefully they'll make a better one. By the way, now that he's uh, he's irritated me, uh, it is time to turn this over to talk. That was, that again, our little troll. Chris Garcia. Uh, Chris is here, of course. Uh, I have a happy-headed gnome. We're going to keep saying it until there's controversy. He's a happy-headed gnome. I tell you, they got some happy-headed gnomes there. Uh, anyway. He's not a nappy-headed gnome. Oh, no! Oh, no! no! I was trying not to say, I was being clever, and you just made it so not. Mr. Imus, there's a call for you on line one. Oh, great. Just saying. That was uh, this is still America, right? Address all your hate mail to Pez McWeeperson. <laughs> At fanboyplanet.com. I'm totally setting up that email address now. <laughs> <laughs> See if anybody writes to Pez McWeeberson. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> two-time Hugo nominee. Can you say two-time? You it's all the same year? Yeah, I, yeah I, I've been saying double Hugo nominee. Double Hugo nominee. I like two-time. Two-time's not bad because I two-time. 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 Two-time Hugo nominee for biggest fan. Best fan oh, writer I'm sorry. I'm and sorry. best fanzine for the drink tank. Right. Whatever that is. Because uh, it's not Fanboy Planet. I, I don't know. Uh, Available on efanzines.com. Go mm-hmm. there today. All right. And uh, and our wrestling writer, he writes Falls Count Anywhere, though, of course, this week he wrote one column and will be skipping this Friday's because he's going to be not just attending, which I would assume you're is it commentating, proctoring, doing all uh, hosting. Actually, this time I am press, technically. Uh it's well, you are going to be presenting, correct? I'm going to be, I think, presenting one thing, maybe. At the Sonoma Valley Film Festival. Is mm-hmm. that the correct title yep. of that? In beautiful Sonoma, California. Oh, it is, and it's a, it, and it's a fairly prestigious film festival. It's certainly yep. gone up in... Uh, in regard to the last few years, even with you there, so that's uh, that's there. So yeah. we're going to turn this over. We can talk about WrestleMania a little bit. You said UFC. You'd like to uh, yeah. rant a bit. Go ahead. Well, let me let me start well, off. And this by is saying for our, our good uh, fan, Mikey Wager. This is indeed for Mike Wager, who Mike wrote it Wager. again. Okay. Does he have a wrestling question? Uh, let's see. Uh, I was so jacked that Undertaker won, and that Mr. Kennedy became Mr. Money in the Bank. Mm. Bank. Smiley face emoticon. Uh, or is that Emot Icon? I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, so he did. Ha- he had a comment on WrestleMania. He didn't so much actually. All right. Well, let's let's break it on down. Yeah, let's break it on I've down. watched most of it. I haven't seen the mm-hmm. last few matches, but well, there were some great moments. Uh, it's one of those WrestleManias where it wasn't among the best WrestleManias ever done. But it was certainly, you know, a very strong WrestleMania. One that will probably be more remembered than, you know, some of the, like, uh, WrestleMania 15 and WrestleMania and ha- X7. I will have to say this. For a guy who used to be a wrestling fan and who isn't really anymore, still kind of... I pay attention to it, but I'm not crazy about it or whatever. We'll have to say, this is one of the few WrestleManias in years that has gotten crazy mainstream press because of the whole Donald Trump thing. Because of the whole Donald Trump thing. And, um... Brilliant. And so I just thought, you know, it's one of the, the more higher-profile... 
oh, events yeah. that they've had in a long I should time. Mention that at this moment, Steve Simonetti came up to Loom mm. and listened to what we were saying. <laughs> he probably actually watched WrestleMania. Did you watch WrestleMania? I did. I did. I enjoyed it a lot. What was your favorite part? Favorite moment? Favorite moment? What was your favorite match? I think it's where Edge got destroyed. <laughs> oh, that was, that was and, crazy. and I fully expected him to be carried off in the stretcher, which he was. Mm -hmm. And I expected everybody to get knocked out of the ring. And I expected Edge to come running back from off stage to win the money. Come underneath, ring. climb it, and get it. And yeah. I was watching for that. And that would have been awesome. Unfortunately, he did actually end up pretty banged up from the spot. I don't understand how he couldn't have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Describe yeah. the spot for the, those who didn't see it. So basically what happened is this is the one moment that will live forever in well, infamy. That was Steve Simonetti, the manager of Fanboy Planet Comics, the store we broadcast from. He is now on his way to the lavatory. Go. Yes. I'm in the game room. So game in, room. The, uh, in the ladder match, uh, Jeff Hart Matt Hardy set up Edge on a well, ladder. First he set up a ladder between yeah. the, ink, the ring apron and the, and the audience dividing barrier. barrier. Yeah. Then Jeff Hardy was going to go and try to get the ladder using a 15-foot ladder. So then Matt signaled him to, as he put Edge onto the ladder that was spanning the ring and the barrier, and basically signaled Jeff to jump, which he did, landing a, basically it looked like it was a, a pescado onto the stomach of Edge. Isn't that a Spanish word for fish? Yes, yeah. it is. It's also a wrestling move. I don't so know So it wasn't that. more, it was kind of like a leg drop, wasn't it? Yeah, or? it was like a leg drop, but he landed solidly on his stomach. Okay. And the, luckily the ladder broke or it would have been messy, but I mean, it was an incredible sight to see. Though only my second favorite moment in that match. Okay. My favorite, Wait, of course. See you, Simonetti, leaving the game room. <laughs> but I'm back. You, before you move on to that, though, what happened to Edge, really? What, how, how bad is he messed up? Um, he is... Is he going to be out for a well, while? Well, before that, he was working on a... I believe it was either a fractured or a uh, dislocated jaw. Uh-huh. Um... And that was why he wanted limited participation. Ah, okay. Afterwards, he was basically banged up because, you know, you had a 180-something pound guy jumping off a ladder onto your stomach. And, yeah, so he was banged up. Uh, he hasn't missed any time, really, but he's not really been wrestling much lately because of his job more than anything else. Okay, so what was the, uh, the better spot in that? Uh... Was Hornswoggle. Uh, he's the, uh, the little he's person. He's the little person. Uh, Notice I didn't say midget. <laughs> yes, or little bastard, as they've been calling him in the uh, in the actual show. Mm -hmm. um, climbed the ladder, Mr. Kennedy. Kennedy uh, climbed up after him <laughs> and placed him into the Samoan drop position, and then rolled the steamroller or the Lambo leap onto Hornswoggle off the top of the ladder. It was Is a that sight his to see. Move? Uh, it's one of them. He has several now. But okay. the Lambo Leap is the one that I think is his best move. What is the Lambo Leap? That's where he has the guy up for the airplane spin or the Samoan drop and jumps forward, flipping over, landing on him off the top rope. So it's kind of like a fireman's carry into a drop? Exactly. Dean Malenko used to do one walking when he was. Yeah, but, uh, Interesting. It was, a good, it was a very good WrestleMania. Undertaker uh, and Batista. This. Let me ask you this. Are they giving Kennedy a push? Do they see potential in this kid, or what are they? They see main event in Kennedy as a main event heel who is now getting a face reaction like he has been for the past couple of years, which is how, very strange. How old is Kennedy? Kennedy's only, I think, 24. 
seven or twenty-eight. Really? So he's a younger guy. He's a pretty young guy. Um, he's been around for a while, which is nice. He, it's one of the guys they brought up. And one thing that WWE is doing right now, and it's very important, is they want to build homegrown. Weed? Homegrown home wrestlers, because oh. you know. Uh, what about home fried potatoes? Yeah, the, everyone loves home fried potatoes. You can tell I'm hungry. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yes, mm. but uh, yeah. So it was a wonderful WrestleMania. Kennedy, uh, the, the push begins. Um, I Talk think about push too. What about Bobby Lashley getting all the national attention from you know being Trump's guy? Or and did nothing for him. Really? Sadly, um, the reactions to him are the same as they were before. Um, the reactions during the match to him were very, very limited. Hmm. The reactions to Trump and McMahon were very strong. Is it mostly because just Lashley's a good performer, but no charisma or no mic skills? Or? He's got charisma. He's got some mic skills. He's got the size. He's just not. He doesn't have that championship aura. Hmm. Um, I say give him time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's more what it is, really. Yeah. Well, I have to ask you, in all seriousness, uh, when the Trump versus McMahon thing, did you ever, ever entertain for just? A second that Trump was going to lose that? No, heavens no. Uh, <laughs> well, see, I, I was kind of hoping for a shocker because everybody always talks about his hair, and I thought, I mean, granted, the guy's a real businessman, so you can't really do business with the shave. Well, maybe I guess you can. Daddy Warbucks did. Yeah. But oh, please. Yeah. Well, the big the big joke that was going around we were talking about we were Lex watching Luther it, was does. that uh uh. McMahon actually had cancer, so as a, as a cover, he decided to shave his head. Oh, cancer's a hilarious joke. It is. Yeah, way to go. No. But yeah, that was the that was the concept. But uh, Wait, we don't I think didn't, it I didn't watch Raw on Monday. Did uh, Shane get his head shaved? You know, I missed that part. I have yet to watch the whole thing. Well, how about give us a little since you're obviously not going to be able to write about this until <laughs> until next Monday. How about for those podcast listeners, especially little Mikey Wager. Yeah, that's right. Who's lying in his hospital bed right now. <laughs> We're rooting for you, Mikey. Saying, Garcia, hit one out of the park for me. Again, I don't know how old that guy is. He's not <laughs> a small child, but I keep saying that. But he, but his fond, we, our fondness for him yes. is, Makes is him like unto... We mythologized him like a small child yes. in the cancer ward. Because <laughs> that's funny. Uh, anyway, Once again, <laughs> sorry. send your hate mail no, to, no, to Paz <laughs> McWeeperson. <laughs> Wait a minute, I didn't make that. Okay. Oh, damn. Okay. All right, editor. So any, any other things company. to finish up with uh, wrestling, WrestleMania? Any uh, UFC. News? That's what I've been missing. Before you go to UFC, I always my favorite part of your column every week is the news, and you kind of tell us, you know, this has been going on, so-and-so's getting picked up, so-and-so's getting dropped. What's the word? It's been quiet lately. The latest big thing was Joey Mercury. Uh, formerly of Eminem with Molina and uh, Nitro. Johnny Nitro, uh, fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, substance abuse issues had previously been uh, called on it, had been suspended, and was finally just let go. This does not bode well for Molina and, Mer- and Nitro, who are both also heat magnets backstage and are not looking like they're going to be around too much that longer. Nitro is a talented But they are talented people, and... TNA would snap them up in a minute and ruin them within a week. How's TNA doing? Terrible. Uh, TNA is still hemorrhaging money, Mm. and it's doing it. You really haven't written much about them lately. Yeah, it's it's very slow. How's uh, is ECW still on Sci-Fi? ECW is still on Sci-Fi. Will be. And they keep they kept they picked that up. Obviously, Mm -hmm. originally it was only supposed to be a few months. Picked up. Are they doing good? They're doing okay. They're I mean the numbers aren't great, but they're okay. I mean for Um, a sci-fi for a sci-fi show it's it's fair. Okay. But they're doing another pay-per-view from Florida. 
and that will probably ECW. ECW will determine probably the future of ECW. Wow. Will be how that. So we won't be seeing much ECW then, is what you're saying. It could be. Okay. Yes, but UFC big big thing in UFC right now is that they of course bought Pride Fighting, which is the big which I'm a little worried about because I'm a huge Pride fan. Love Pride. I'm not a big UFC fan. But from what I read, and I don't know if I read it in your column or not, they were saying that they're going to keep Pride as more of an international kind of body and UFC more of a, an American body. Exactly. It's going to be a lot like uh, the old pre-2003 brand split. You mean the WCW? Yeah. Well, we the, can probably get a lot of the guest column out of, because uh, you know who's a huge Pride yeah. Fighting fan? Is uh, Keith Champagne. Really? Interesting. But yeah, Pride Fighting, I love I love UFC. To me, Pride Fighting is real fighting, whereas UFC is kind of... Eh. Well, we had the, the marketable guy, George, George St. Pierre, losing to Matt Serra in uh, just a flash of an eye, um, which probably means that we're going to see Josh Koscheck, who is my personal favorite, yet everyone else seems to hate. Uh, they might face off, and that'd be a great match. I'd love to see I that. I just love the Russian champion for Pride. I forget his name. Ah, uh, Fyodor Olim... No, not Olimchenko. Uh, but now at the risk of pulling back the curtain incorrectly, uh, UFC and Pride is real, right? That is a yes. real competition. Mixed it's martial not, arts. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. It is not worked or booked. There we go. That's uh, yes. that's the slang I was looking mm-hmm. for. I can't slang it. I'm sorry. Yeah, it happened. Mm-hmm. It's been years. But uh, well, that's good. No, plenty of stuff to look forward to. That's uh, yeah. Steve is looking at our sound dampener. Mm-hmm. Yeah, UFC is looking good. Pride's looking good uh, for what it is now. How about me? You're looking Thanks. like Lon. You look like you did Nickel and Chino. Oh, oh damn! All right. All right. And yeah, so wrestling is How looking great. How do I look? No, I mean, this is just lame. <laughs> yeah, let's stop on that note. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving I don't know on. why I keep striking poses. This is not a vidcast. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, We talk, uh, any highlight for you for the Sonoma Valley Film Festival, which is taking you away from us for a week? Yeah, well, the big thing is going to be, for me, is a film called Nether Beast Incorporated, which is... Kind um, of a spinoff of Kids Incorporated? or K I D S. But uh, actually... <laughs> is that about what's really in your chinos? So that's a movie actually based off of a short that showed a whole bunch of places. I'm not sure I know what submitted to Cinequest, and I think it showed there, which is sort of a tr- was sort of a training film for how to be a person working at a company run by the devil, more or less. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it looks very interesting. Very excited to see it. But there are so many things. When a writer's going to be there. Uh, our good friend, Mr. John Lasseter, is having a big Pixar thing. Tony Shaloub shows up, and they're showing... The Shaloub's going to be there? Yeah, they're showing Big Night, which I've never seen on a big screen. I'm very oh, excited. Interesting. So the Sonoma Valley Film Festival isn't all just new things, hoping for circulation and notoriety. It can be old, mm-hmm. old films as They well. do a great thing called The Lounge, which is sort of offbeat, not regular festival fare that is uh, really sort of... They're very different films, films that would go along with Blood Car, mm. uh, and they're really, it's a good festival and highly enjoyable. Free wine and cheese before each screening. If you see Shaloub, tell him... Uh, uh, you never invite me? <laughs> tell him, uh, never give up, never surrender for me, okay? And I'm sure he'll stab me. Oh, <laughs> that's why I want you to say it. Oh, okay. okay. But yeah, it should be great. Starts Shalhoub on Thursday. the assassin. Runs through Sunday. 
All right. And speaking of those kinds of things, it would be in the lounge. I, I would say you said like go to Death Car, and I thought it was sort of like Death Proof, and so go over to the Grindhouse, which we, it's it's a stretch. Yeah, did not do as well. Crowbar meat topic. We do what we can. At any rate, uh, the news there cinematically is that they're talking about splitting Death Proof and Planet Terror into two separate films. Do not ha know how they're supposed Are they splitting the price, too, or are they going to charge full price? No, apparently uh, Weinstein said at one point that part of the problem was that uh, much of America did not realize that it was really a double feature and they would leave after Planet Terror was over. Happened. I... I, I've not actually seen any figures on if that really happened or if that's just something that... A lot of people are saying it. that uh, it's because it, they put it out on the holiest weekend or whatever, Easter By weekend. By a lot of people, is that you, Lon? Because I've heard you say it to me several times. No, I've heard it days. on... Uh, I just saw it on uh, G4 today. They were talking mm -hmm. about that, too. So, And I read it on Ain't It Cool. So well, what's it's, the, it's the going belief. Well, what's weird is that, one, the money it made... I mean, we first off should have been thinking that it wasn't going to make a ton of money because it's a three-and-a-half-hour movie. Right. True. And you do have that limitation. Yeah, you have that limitation. Coming up this summer, there's this been an argument about that, that uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg has been bragging that the, he believes that the top moneymaker of the summer is going to be Shrek 3. Not because he believes he has the best film that everybody wants to see. But it's only 80 because minutes Because it's 80, 80 minutes long. Mm -hmm. Versus Spider-Man 3, which opens on May 4th, and is rumored to be almost three hours long. Mm -hmm. And Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End is going to be almost three hours long. Well, what was the second Pirates movie? Wasn't that was almost, almost two and a half? It was at least two and a okay, half Okay, so making the argument that nobody wants to see a three-hour movie, that's a terrible argument well, because Pirates was the hugest movie last year. Lord of the Rings, all of them clocked in mm -hmm. at three hours. Well, and they did, all did good business. Well, so. what it did is that a lot of the longer movies that, you know, the epic sort of usually have more legs. And we'll actually know if Grindhouse is actually a failure in three or four weeks if it has, you know, if it goes through a typical drop well, of sixty percent. I'd be interested to see how terrible. it does this weekend because yeah. this weekend, you know, people. I'm are thinking this weekend it's going to take a twenty percent drop, and that's fantastic for a first round. Right, absolutely. And the thing is, do you think that uh, the Weinstein brothers, I guess really it's Harvey, is he premature in saying, "Well, we're going to split it"? Because you're right, you still have to see what's going to happen this weekend, and can you really judge, uh, you know, fairly? Well, I mean, I uh, think I think I think eleven million dollars is the market for Rodriguez and Tarantino. I think if you re-release it with those missing reels reinserted, that that market will come to see it again. What the missing reels were? Maybe I would just uh, let me ask you this. All, to all three I really of don't us. care to see the missing reel in Planet Terra. I thought that was funny. Yeah, it's true. The missing reel in in Death Proof I thought was a cop out. Yeah, because they even showed it in the trailers. They showed her, you know, walking up and doing her lap dance, and then they don't show it in the movie. So I didn't see the trailer. I didn't see the trailer. Yeah. So you know. Dang. It but uh, yeah, I mean, it gave them the excuse to use that great bumper footage that uh, I love. I love that stuff. Well, let me just ask you guys this, okay? So everybody talks about, oh, it's too long, and oh, it's this. When you guys both saw it, I've seen it twice. You guys have seen it, whatever. What was the fan reaction when you got? What was the audience reaction when you guys saw it? It depends. Um, the where'd you see it at first? I saw it at the Mercado at seven o'clock on Saturday. Interesting. So prime time showing. Prime time theater was only about half full, mm -hmm. but about oh probably twenty percent left right after Planet Terror. Really? Yeah. I mean there were there was a stream. I was like, and I was I was literally concerned. It's like, well, I hope they're just going to the bathroom, but very few people came back. Mm. 
Bum. If the lights don't... Well, people are leaving in credits, and I guess there are credits at the end of Planetara. Are there? No, it's just an end. It's just the then, end, and then, then it goes... Then see why, you know, because yeah. then it rolls into the next thing. It should be obvious. Yeah, there's no credits uh, after Planetara. Uh, but, my, but my point to that, Shh, though, is... Don't say that! <laughs> My Not if they listen to Fanboy Planet. They no, are not. Our fans aren't. No. But uh, the point I was trying to make is every the two screenings I went to, and the one was the press one we saw, and the one was just a normal one, was that the people that were there were loving the experience. We're yeah. cheering, we're the clapping. The two young child children that we spoke to at the In-N-Out Burger afterwards who shouldn't have seen it because they were young children right. thought it was great. Oh, yeah, of course. The, the reaction that got the best thing is when... Uh, well, don't spoil the movie. Yeah, the guy from Lost looks around the corner. And oh, at that see. moment, the, just the entire place went, yeah! Yeah. Well, I mean, also, too, I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of the chicks, I'm sorry, the females are liking... Yeah, we're um, going to have to take away that what? misogynist oh. edge you have. I'm just saying, I call it like We could be baby. podcasting with women, you know, but anyways, any day now. Um, <laughs> a lot of the, a lot of girls like Death Proof Perhaps because man boobs. Okay, because yeah. it has a you know strong kind of feminist message. Feminist message. Good friend so. Zoe Bell in that. Which, Howdy Zoe, how uh, you doing? I thought you liked. It. I thought you knew Zoe. Yeah. You knew Zoe? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she was with a film called Double Dare, fantastic film available on Netflix. Double Dare. Uh, that Double was a documentary. a documentary about her and the oh, and her mentor right, right. and Jeannie Epperson. Yeah. Who is another favorite of. And, Quentin Tarantino and you uh, and you pushed Double Dare when it, when you first saw it at CineQuest and it hasn't since had a DVD release and yes you can order it from Amazon mm-hmm. as well. Uh, we try to push that because we get a kickback from Amazon. If we, uh, mm-hmm. put that, mm-hmm. you know. Rock and roll Amazon. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's like that YouTube Rock thing. We'll teach you about how Amazon. that internet thing works. <laughs> Interwebs. Interwebs. I don't buy it. They're like pipes. <laughs> well, I will just say this much to finish off the Grindhouse thing. If you like movies, if you're a movie nerd like we are. You like the horror, the shock, the schlock, and fun. It's a fun experience. I, I had a good time. My friends loved it. My yeah. friends are all going to see it again. So. But, you know, I, I like what you said, though. 11 million is the Tarantino and the Rodriguez audience. They're well, going to diminishing returns. Basically, every film they've done mm-hmm. in the last five, six years has done that. Played to a diminishing... They've definitely got their niche. They've definitely got their fans. But yeah, they're but no longer mainstream, but if what they about, ever were. What about also the fact that it's a three-hour movie and they get less shows and... That's, that's you know, you're going to get less box office, too. That's a fact, too. And yeah. I think that if you split the movies into individuals, even putting those reels back in, that's not the point of having done that film. That right. film is not Planet Terror and right. and Death Proof. It is a jam of, of more than two filmmakers doing a film called Grindhouse. Mm-hmm. And that's the experience. And frankly, I thought it was the... I actually think they went overboard to provide the experience yes. at points. It was irritating it at some points, quite honestly. The scratches were my problem. Which uh, I didn't mind those. I, 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 I thought Tarantino didn't have the courage to scratch up nearly as much as Rodriguez. Yeah, true. Yeah, they kept like, I like my cinematography too much. Uh, but, you know, that's Rodriguez. He likes to play with his toys. You know he does. Mm. And uh, so... That's the final word on Grindhouse this week. Then. And it's done. We'll see. Uh, other things. What about that comic news? Do we have any comic well, news? Well, you know, not all, except last week. And I just think uh, because Chris and I, uh, Chris is a wannabe Mason and I've uh, been, a, been a Mormon, uh, that we have this thing. Uh, last week, Mike Allred re-released uh, Madman. Uh, from Image, Madman Atomic Comics, in which apparently, and there was a Wizard article, I think, last week, that... Uh, mentioned that one thing that I had forgotten in the Madman mythos is that uh, Madman has been told he is one of the four Nephites, which are the which are from Mormon theology, 
people that are have been translated and are, are left immortal on this earth. Um, kind of like Highlander? And why? Well, except that I don't believe there's any beheading involved. Oh, I, I'm bad. not sure. Too bad. I, uh, but what I think is interesting is that, uh, of course, Mike Allred sort of retreated from mainstream comics work a couple of years ago to create The Golden Plates, which was a comic book adaptation of the Book of Mormon. I believe he got three issues out and said, you know, I could go broke doing this, but this is what I should be doing in my life, and he's going to devote... And then I noticed he slowly snuck back into mainstream and there's no golden hey, place. man's got to eat. Man's okay. got to eat. No, absolutely, absolutely. And so uh, I just wondered if you guys had read Mad Man and Tom Comics, had any You know, the, my only experience with Mike Allred is, I, you know, I read a little of the Mad Man stuff when he was doing, was it the Atomics, the team mm -hmm. group? Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I read a lot of that and I was really into that. He's bringing Atomics back? Uh, the Atomics will be in Madman, so it's oh, Madman okay. Atomic Comics. Oh, okay. Well, I might nice. check that out because I really like the Atomics. What was it? It Girl. Yeah, I think was so. Was it It Girl? And, uh, yeah, and what was kind of funny is after reading Atomics, he got called up to revamp X Force, and so a lot of kind of his team dynamic yeah, and Atomics. Yeah. Well, yeah. Later became Ecstatics. But what happened was, is when it switched over, I kind of fall. You know, I didn't really switch over, but you know, I was Which reading Atomics. He collaborated with Peter Milligan, right? On that, yeah. Did he do? But he did the art, though, right? He did the art, right. yes. So I really like the art and his style and kind of the fun and you know, comic-y, It's mm -hmm. different, you know what I mean? Yeah, it is. And so when I when it brought over to that, you know, to Statics and X Force and whatever, I was really a huge fan of all that stuff. So and I haven't seen his work in a long time. So. Now that you say Atomics are going to be in, I might check it out. Okay. And that might be one of my indie challenge books. I just try it. I mean, you know, and I, I do uh, naturally have all three issues of the Golden Plates, and I thought the interesting thing was I, I do love his artwork, and yet it seemed very incongruous with talking about something that is, I should say, you know, allegedly, not to offend anybody, but for those who are not members of the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, say allegedly, Scripture. It's at odds to have that kind of hip, cool style, even though he was drawing people costumed correctly, but it looks like an all-red thing, and I'm waiting for Madman. <laughs> or I'm waiting for the this. mutant powers. Can I say this about the Church of Latter-day Saints? I don't know. They had the best commercials. Right? I can't uh, argue. Those can commercials. I broke my Honestly, uh, Michelle, sometimes truth. you're so dense. I told you I was going to wash those chinos. Oh, so. <laughs> oh, Jesus oh. It was a long stretch, but I brought it back <laughs> I know you did. And you know it's an, an almost accurate recreation. Sometimes your children learn. And you know what? The comic shop is alive tonight. I really it feel... Very like, lively. Uh, it's very very lively. lively. So, uh, we also, you know, fan-wise, I just want to give... Uh, that a couple yeah. weeks ago, we had a chance to review it on Fanboy Planet. The last season of Justice League Unlimited came out on mm. DVD, mm -hmm. along with the last season of Batman Beyond. So, mm. um, you know, want to talk about that a little bit. You know, the farewell. There was an extra in Justice League Unlimited with Mark Hamill interviewing the guys around the table or hmm. in a, in a, in a, I don't know if they're doing have you have you watched the extras on these DVDs they I don't know if Warner Brothers really goes out to a place or if they build a set because on the Superman animated series disc they did an interview from Golden Apple Comics hmm. that was very bizarre then this is kind of a lounge thing I don't know how the lounge thing fits because I think Bruce Tim likes lounging maybe uh, it was Mark Hamill's favorite spot Maybe, maybe. maybe and they talk about out. the Cadmus project. And I was, and I, well, I like the extras, and I like ha hearing Bruce Tim and Dwayne McDuffie uh, talking about what they were thinking and what they were trying to do with a season. Uh, I felt a little sad because they were talking about the Ca the Cadmus storyline in 
Justice League Unlimited, was, which was actually the previous DVD collection. So this, the final season was not Cadmus, it was Lex Luthor and the Legion of Doom trying to bring back Brainiac. Mm. And uh, so I wondered, I felt this sadness, like, are we ever going to get that deconstruction? What kind, of, what kind of DVD release would we ever get that deconstruction of that final, that actual final season? And I just don't know. I have no good answer, but that's my only disappointment. Otherwise, it is a kick-ass season. Wait, the the one I borrowed from you, the you DVD, had the first season, yeah. There's a second one after that, because I yeah. thought, because I was looking at disc four, and it looks like on disc four it has the last, like it has the flashpoint, and then it has like the epilogue or something. And I was epilogue, like, which is actually the epilogue to Batman Beyond, because Batman right. Beyond doesn't didn't have an ending. It just sort of. But stopped. that was season. So season. That was season one. Season, season two, two has Lex Luthor escapes from jail. He's broken out of prison by oh, that's right, and he, he by like, the Legion of Doom. But he kind of comes back to li- like doesn't he doesn't he die or dissipate or doesn't the Flash take him out and then he or was that season two? I that's forget how season, season two ends. Season, I can't say how season two ends. People haven't actually seen it. Uh, oh, so it's never aired. The final season? No, it did. It did. Oh. Uh, but if people didn't, you know, it, it ends basically with. It, with a huge knockdown drag out fight among all the superheroes and all the supervillains and it's great. Oh wait. And it totally rocks. Right, and then the, the villains kinda go off. Who are they fighting? They're fighting like Dark Side. Oh that's right. It was a dark side thing and then it, they let the heroes the the vi- let the villains team or basically they say mm-hmm. whatever and then they end it with, you know, what about us? And they're like, we'll give you a head start. And, and as I was going back over old Justice League episodes this week, we noted that uh, there's an episode called the Hereafter, called Hereafter, where super, they think Superman died. And oh, is that the one where he goes to an alternate universe to the future with Vandal goes, Savage or yes, something like that? Yes, yes, the far future, an alternate timeline in the future. And uh, my friend uh, Jason McInerney and I noted that uh, there was far more dignity uh, and less attention paid to Superman's death and funeral in the Timiverse than we actually paid to Anna Nicole Smith. Though the funeral looked very much the same. Hmm. The, uh, apparently the Green Lantern Corps were Ooh. Anna Nicole Smith's pallbearers. And, uh, Speaking of that, did you yes. hear the casting news? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yes. Willa Ford has been cast as Anna Nicole Smith in the biopic. Willa Ford Wait, also? Who was who's, who's, she dating? Who's Willa Ford? Know. Some she was some like tart from a couple years back that was dating Chuck Liddell oh, really? of the UFC, I believe. And it all comes together. together. No, it's I like all you about mixed martial arts. I believe so. It could be you are talking out of that beard. No, I'm, I'm fairly. But certain. you can say no, I believe it covers you. No, it's okay. Yeah. I'm just saying you're covered. You but said no, I believe. Willa Ford was. She was trying to be a little pop princess, a la Jessica Simpson, a la. All of them. And I don't she, remember her at all. Her single was "I Want to Be Bad" or something like that. Well, she went nowhere. I thought you sang that. I hum it sometimes. But okay. um, there was a uh, basically her career went nowhere. But she was in Playboy either a year or two ago but to two, try and cash in. So she did a little Playboy spread. Wow, I have no idea who she yeah. is. And then she's well, cast as Anna Nicole Smith in the so Okay Wild Pick. This is probably her biggest yeah. thing ever. So and she was uh, on one of the celebrity shows, yeah. wasn't she? One of the celebrity reality I don't shows. Think so. Maybe. I don't who know. Who can keep track of those? Yeah, it's like Dancing with the Stars or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. maybe she was. Yeah. I think it was Dancing with the Stars. But my whole thing is how hard is it to act and go, Trim Spa, baby? I mean, I can do that. There's got to be some depth to oh, the story. Okay. There's got to be. I just don't want to pay to see it. Okay. I'll pay I'm guessing it. it's going to be a Lifetime or TNT. Okay, so it's, not, if like it's a, not Cinemax After Dark, I ain't So watching. it won't be a big screen. 
Thank heavens for small favors. Well, you might need one, friend. Because that would Cole. cause me great. <laughs> that would cause me great, great pain in my heart. Do we have any other viewer uh, email? Or uh, yeah, we do. But I have one more thing I wanted to talk about okay. because uh, we I saw this little card here or sticker on the oh, counter. You know, I was gonna bring that up and, and totally remember this that uh, this Friday on the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, the series, uh, which I guess there was a pi sort of a pilot, yeah, I pilot the film, pilot. but it's a totally different cast. Oh. Emmanuel Savonnier. I think it's Emmanuel Lewis. No. Oh, okay. uh, the woman who played Lex, Lex Luthor's betrayerous wife on Smallville uh, was in the Painkiller Jane movie oh. that showed on Sci-Fi, but now it is Christiana Loken, who oh, yeah. is uh, oh, yeah. T3. The T3 and uh, Blood Rain. So she is now Painkiller Jane. It's of note because, of course, this is a comic book property translated. I, I'd say, from what I little I know about the property, fairly accurately, uh, created by Joey DeCue and Jimmy Palmiotti. Not Joey DeCue, it's Joe Quesada. Oh. And Jimmy Palmiotti are the creators of Painkiller Pain Jane from Event Comics back when they had that little firefighting superhero, Ash. Ash. So it was Ash and Painkiller Jane. Are we going to check it out or what? All right, well, we'll check it out. I, I don't know. I don't have a don't have an advanced review copy, so I can say nothing about it. I'm not. Do we have any idea what Painkiller Jane's all about? Is it just a female Punisher? Is that, that she uh, she can actually heal from anything. Oh. So she's got a. An, so she's like Wolverine. So she gets to see yeah, and I think in one of the crossovers she married him. Interesting. And they like did an alternate universe thing. Dude, is Wolverine just the stud or what? Every book he crosses over into. I think we established in this week's She-Hulk that Tony Stark is the oh, stud. Oh, Stark! Because he got curses. He gets to She-Hulk, and I think we've established on our message boards that uh, that's who we all want. All right, you want give a night, it to me. You want a night with the She-Hulk? Everyone does. Everyone does. Yeah, who wouldn't want to date a She-Hulk? Absolutely. Well, we'll see about our. Second listener to write in. Oh, we got a number two. I'm not sure if it's pronounced Courtway or Courtway, so I apologize. But young Robbie Courtway, Rob Courtway, Robert Courtway. Are you sure it's not Rob Cordry? It's, it's oh. Rob Cordway. Oh gosh, it was Rob Cordry. I, well, I would have said it up top. I would have told him that uh, I love the winner. Anyway, go ahead. I haven't watched that yet. Hilarious. Uh, but I have the t-shirt. Okay. Anyway, I did get this email today. I have recently re-entered the world of comics after a 15-year hiatus. Welcome back. From my adolescence. I started listening to your podcast available on the Fanboy Planet website. just want to let you know that I really am enjoying it, and I really appreciate your humor and breadth of knowledge. Oh. Take that, Andy Mead. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> Wait a minute! Isn't this isn't that an anagram for Andy Mead? No, oh, okay. no, <laughs> okay. It is both educational and entertaining. Andy doesn't know words that big. Please keep up the good work. And are awesome. you ever at the Fanboy Planet store in El Camino? Yes. Uh, I guess we hadn't made that clear. Uh, we we most of the time do podcasts from Fanboy Planet Comics. 2925 El Camino Real Suite 105 in Santa Clara. Phone number, by the way, 408-244-2683. Ask for Steve. He'll mock you. We're the big guys in the back. That was a totally different shop. But yes, <laughs> we are here most uh, regularly Wednesday evening. New sometimes comic day. New, new comic, comic day. Evening. Sometimes there are extenuating circumstances that alter where we're podcasting from. Like we will be at po hopefully podcasting from conventions. Uh, Chris, hopefully we'll find some time. We are going to be at Baycon. Chris is a long-standing fixture there. Yes, and I, I mean that with all due respect, which is a strange thing to come from me towards yeah, you. Towards but there me. it is. Uh, but you are a giant at, at Baycon, which is odd because he's normally a troll. But 
He's a giant at Baycon, and uh, you perhaps will join us. In the, uh, you said the fanzine lounge is when you're is where you usually hang out. Yeah, the fanzine lounge, uh, surrounded by and, goodness. And we might set up there and podcast from the uh, fanzine lounge. I wrote for the fanzine in an hour last year. I don't know. Are we going to read? We're doing do that, that again. again. Okay, so I, I guess we'll probably be part of that fanzine in an hour product. Uh, and podcasting from Bacon, which is in San Mateo. What's the hotel? San Mateo Marriott. Used to be the Dunphy. Okay. Ooh, I've never been to a Dunphy. The other thing Not is, even a former Dunphy. Yes. The other thing to point out is, look, email us. We, we mention you. We, we read your email on we the air. Check you. That's right. So, but we are here usually Wednesdays about 6 o'clock podcasting live. So if you, uh, although the broadcast itself is not actually live, you probably picked this up after the fact, please come by, check in. Maybe you have an opinion you can share. And we've, we've had, we have in the past had, right. uh, you know, uh, what do they call it? Just a... Uh, Guests, man on the street, or passerbys. People of you, we've brought up a topic. Somebody walking by says they know something about it. They they come up and they talk about it. Exactly. So you know, filmed in front of a live studio audience. I'd like to get back to podcasting out of the Brett Cave, just because I really liked Rick's uh, Rick's home. It was a wonderful place to sit, and there was mm. and there was soda. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but so we'll be at Baycon. We'll be hopefully still Supercon. Still, still negotiating. Still changing. I, I mean, we'll be there hanging out. Oh no, no, no doubt, no yeah. doubt, and. Uh, still Silicon, it's probably not called Silicon. Silicon uh, in October yes. at the Red Lion or the Double Tree. I'm sorry, Red Lion is what it used to be. Yes, now it's a Double Tree. It was never a Dunphy. No. Uh, the uh, the Double Tree in San Jose, uh, a, a convention, a science fiction convention, and we will be there as well. Another place you can also find Science Fiction San Francisco, that other zine I write for. I, I don't and before we get out of here, I have to just real fast pimp the Lon Lopez Indie Challenge. Remember, if you're an indie creator out there and you have a book that you'd like to me to review, please send us a copy to... Do we have the address here for uh, Fanboy Planet? Well, you can send it here to 2925 El Camino Real, Suite 105, Santa Clara, California. I think it was 95051. A 95051. Okay. Right. And, uh, or you can email Derek with a PDF With or a something. PDF, absolutely. Editor at fanboyplanet.com. I would like to talk about our absentee friend here, yes. Rick Bretschneider, in assignment in New York. Actually, he called a little earlier before we started podcasting at intermission as he was sitting in a Broadway show. He was seeing Company, which apparently is a... Uh, we're in a good production there. He's going to see Mary Poppins tomorrow night. But before he sees Mary Poppins, let me tell you what he's doing and what we're going to get photos of and interviews about. Tell me. I can't wait. Tell me. 10 a.m. What is it? East, East, not East Coast time, I guess. East Coast yeah. time. New York time. 10 a.m. Rick Brechtschneider is going to be in the D.C. offices. Awesome. Wow. 3 p.m., he's going to be in the Marvel offices. Wow. Or vice versa. I can't remember which. But the point is, tomorrow... 6 p.m., he he's going to be in the Hustler offices. offices. No, no those are down in L.A. We can oh, go there okay. anytime. Sorry. Yeah, I know where they are. I know you did. Yeah, I know. Well, please, everybody knows what they are. Doesn't he have a tower? Yeah, it does. <laughs> With it's sparkling big, white it's letters. It's a big gold thing in the middle of a of town squalor. It's not like yeah, they're you know inconspicuous. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, Rick is going to be. I don't know for sure, but there have been. So let me not make this as a promise. Just saying. There are implications that Rick will actually get a chance to sit down with Paul Levitz, the publisher of DC Comics. You'll love it at Levitz. Don't make that joke. Oh, okay. Respect Paul, Lo Paul Levitz. Respect him. Respect him. He wrote the Great Darkness Saga, and if he had done nothing else in comics, he'd be known for the Great Darkness Saga. Yeah, he would. But he went on and did other things. You know nothing about <laughs> know comics. Nothing about what does it matter? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 
So you've got a, that's publisher DC. That's that's pretty big. So yeah, okay, all right. Uh, that's what we're looking at. We don't know about Marvel, but uh, you know we'll see. Who Marvel, you just stopping in the chat or take pictures because he's out. Since he's a little boy, he's wanted to go to those offices and see where the magic happens. Well, Marvel's probably going to give him a a little a pamphlet, a little pat on the back. Throw him right back on, yeah. Yeah, you know. throw him back on the elevator. And go, see you later, buddy. Yeah. Oh, look. And here's Buy Civil War. Okay. Yeah, a Civil War sticker. Mm. <laughs> look at it. Woo! I went to Marvel Comics and all I got was this lousy Civil mm -hmm. War sticker. Um, Whereas if he goes to DC, Dan Diddy was probably going to get him drunk, take him to Hooters, <laughs> buy him some chicken wings. That's you can I'm, tell, and maybe attach a, him to a uh, upcoming film. Maybe. We, have a, we have a prejudice towards DC, mm -hmm. and the good kind of prejudice. <laughs> we love DC. We are. I have my button. I am a member of the DC Nation. But my first and foremost loyalty is not to the DC Nation, but to the fanboy planet. And that's all of you. And to our fans. To our fans. Our, brethren, our listeners. Both of us. Because it's not our fans. We are brethren. I like that. It's yes. true. We are, we are fanboys. You are fanboys. It's like we're the fanboy core. Okay, this is getting a little cultish, guys. Oh, okay. Little cultish. Little David Koresh. Well, I can't believe <laughs> that I'm getting that kind of criticism from Join you. Us. <laughs> One of us, one of us. You whose life goal is to become a mason. Come on, okay, at least as yeah. cults go, at least that one controls the world secretly. <laughs> Fanboys don't. They like to think they do. They like to argue on the internet and call and flame each other, but they don't oh, actually control the world. Oh, hail fanboys! Okay. Fail enough. Not, I'm not the leader of the fanboy. I'm just the editor in chief of Fanboy Planet. That's all. Ooh, I can am. we start the fanboy nation? Oh wait, no. we're the fanboy <laughs> planet. Oh, okay. we are planeteers. Speaking of that. Hey, Chancellor, have you thought of any lame ways to kill heroes in the Marvel Universe this week? Oh, um, I, um, yes, I want to shave Green Arrow's beard. <laughs> That's the DC oh, hero, sorry, but all right, we'll change sorry. it. Hold on. Lame ways to kill <laughs> heroes in the DC Universe. Shave? Take off their costumes and shave their beards. Mm. Uh, drinking poison well water? That'd be good. Ooh. Is that lame? That's actually kind of, uh, <laughs> it's logical. That's a logical way to kill somebody. Who would you kill? Aquaman? An ironic death. <laughs> Aquaman dies drinking poison well water from his watery hand. Oh, I like that. All right, that's a very lame way to kill him. Excuse me, I've got to I've got to go ahead and email Rick and say uh, that's what we're gonna do. Rick, ask Paul Levitz about that idea. Lame ways to kill. You know, him. let me mention something that's very important to me. Doctor Who. I should mention, new season has started in England. Hop on BitTorrent. No, we don't. We can't. Uh, we can't open condone these. We can't, we can't openly condone. condone these things. Well, okay. But thank you for reminding me because Jamie Kelwick did just send me the reviews mm -hmm. of the first two episodes, so I'll have those posted on Fanboy Planet this week. And the first one is very, very good. I very I much enjoyed it. it. I'm going to watch it tonight. David Tennant. I don't know how I got a hold of it. It just mysteriously showed <laughs> up on my computer. That's right. And David Tennant, great actor. I enjoy David Tennant. So there we go. That Hey, I think we're wrapping up. So this yeah, is Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. This is Lon Lopez, Temporary Sound Boy for the Evening. Chris Garcia, malcontent. I like that. <laughs> Is that your last and new surname? Yeah, roughly. We'd like to remind you to use your powers only for good.